The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hi everybody, this is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of The Doctor Is In. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Hello, Dr. Ray. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm sure I'm going to get really good advice from you. Well, I don't know about that. You're right on track with us. You're right on track. My idea, my theory, my guidance is a bit of a stretch. Everybody make a mistake. Does that comfort you? No. Am I close? No. You are so wrong. You're so wonderful. Why do I have to be the insightful professional? Someone intelligent on radio. Yay! Did I make you feel a lot better or what? No, you made me feel worse. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Worse can be better. Sometimes we have to look at ourselves and we don't like what we see. But if we recognize it and improve on it, we get better. So initially it was worse. I'm Dr. Ray. Thank you for joining me here. The doctor is in. Number to get onto the program. Very simple. You are essentially my guests. You are the ones who make the show what it is. You call in for several reasons. Uh, Question about circumstances in your life. People, places situations frustrate you don't frustrate you you're wondering hey just give me a nugget give me something here to to run with or to ignore to think to myself that's it that's all he has well yeah for a five minute radio call yeah pretty much that's probably all i have but it'll make you feel better thinking i could have done that that's one reason that's probably the main reason people still call there are other reasons though Uh, We get calls that are general. They cover a topic area that somebody doesn't understand, either in psychology or intelligence or emotions or diagnosis, or as it intersects with our faith. I like those. I've written a couple books about that. They call in to help a person who has talked about a particular problem or circumstance And they say, I had that, let me give them encouragement. Or I had that, let me tell them what happened with me. Then there's something that's becoming more popular. And that is, if you have what you think is a helpful idea or suggestion or direction on living life better, whether it has to do with direct faith Dealing with other people, raising a child, repairing a relationship. You know, you folks, last last I saw, I'm, I'm approaching nearly 200 listeners. Explosive, explosive growth. 20 years, all the way up to 200. And because of that, a lot of people out there have a lot of great ideas. I may know about psychology stuff more than you do, but... You have experience in life. I mean, let's just let's just say 200 listeners, average age of 50. That is uh, times 200. What's that? Uh, 10,000. 10,000 years of life. I mean, that that's that's older than me. It's close to Teresa Tamio. So you have a lot of experience. So good ideas 
coming from you. Let me give you the number so if you would like to get onto the program. The most common thing I hear from emails, sorry, that slipped, e-persons, is I'd like to call in, but I can't. People I know listen. So, and that really is kind of hard to believe because with 200 listeners and 50 states, where I think we pretty much have affiliates in all 50 states, that's only four people per state. And if you're in Montana or Alaska or Texas, big, big, huge states, you realize how far away from you they probably are? They're probably not listening. So, if you want to call in, 877-57-EQUAL. A lot of people take particular offense at verbal assaults, verbal slaps, verbal snarks upon their religion, upon their faith, upon their morals, upon how they look at life. We get a lot of calls. And I talk to an awful lot of folks who say my my 23-year-old daughter has abandoned the faith and she makes her slap shots at me because I still believe the way I believe, and that hurts. Here, read you a quote here. <clears throat> it's from a, this was from a uh, best-selling book. It, it is a book that uh, it really will help you way more than mine on how to better get along with people. It says here, I'll, I'll quote the, uh, one of the authors of this book. Blessed are you when they insult you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and to be glad. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Insults? I I suppose you could sort of ignore those and expect they're going to come, especially given that they've insulted you like this before, but evil? Rejoice? Over evil words aimed at you? How is this? How can this be humanly possible? It's beyond our limits, isn't it? Well, apparently, the author of those words, Jesus Christ, obviously didn't think so, doesn't think so. He wouldn't tell us to do something we couldn't do. As God, he uh, he knows our limitations. More so than we do. He doesn't say, well, just try to ignore those kind of scurrilous remarks. Don't let somebody's acid words burn you. He says, no. Welcome them. Embrace them. Be glad you're hearing them because of me. Whoa! Think about that. That is not my natural response. If somebody's going to insult me for whatever the reason, whether it's some part of my personality or what I most deeply believe, I don't I don't like that. But Jesus says, be glad. This is good. You're taking these shots because of me. You ever think about it that way? I mean, the first reaction is anger or how dare they or hurt or pain or some kind of retreat from the person Jesus apparently is pretty clear about this 
How can you apparently be clear? You ever notice that? By apparently means you're not clear. So I just kind of contradicted myself. Jesus essentially says, welcome it. Wow. I got to work on that one. Welcome it. Because you know as well as I do, as the culture is turning against Christianity, and there's no debate about that. Not a debate at all. It is. If you look at all the surveys and the statistics, there's no question. So, you're going to get more remarks because you're becoming a smaller minority. And you're out of sync with the culture. Now, in Jesus' time, think about this. He was a minority of one in the Jewish world. Why? Because he acted like he was God. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Wow! Talk about the culture not buying it. And ultimately they didn't. But there were enough of them that did. They changed the world. There's one place in Acts where the apostles were getting creamed by the religious leaders. And they went out rejoicing that they could suffer at the hands of someone for the name of Christ. They rejoiced. Like Jesus said, rejoice. I wonder if it was the same Greek word. I don't know. So, given that, I got to practice at being glad, taking a certain amount of satisfaction in somebody attacking me because of what I believe. Somebody arguing with me and implying that I'm incredibly stupid and uninformed and ignorant and a throwback because I believe what I believe about the sanctity of life, about marriage, about sexuality, about morals, about the God of the universe. A lot of people look at you like you're an idiot. You know that, don't you? And Jesus says, good. The one other thing I would add, and I don't want to add to anything Jesus said, but I'm sure he said a lot more about this, but this is what they wrote down that he said, is that you don't impugn them. You don't say, boy, they're, just, they're more stupid than, than I am. No. You think to yourself, they haven't been given what I've been given to know. If they had, they wouldn't be talking this way. I'll pray that they come to know what I've been given to know. Prayer for somebody and ill will toward them are antagonistic. They can't exist together. Rejoice and be glad, Jesus says. Hmm. Okie doke. Got to give me some help on that one, Lord. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number to call to get onto the program. I would very, very much like to talk to you. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. 
give today at boxofjoy.org. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Have you ever been so grief-stricken and so heart-sick that you can't see God? You can't see God in the tragedy. You can't see God in that cross. You can't see God in that sick. Why? You're enveloped in that grief. You're enveloped in fear. And God is out the window. You don't see Him standing right next to you. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Thank you so very, very much. Dr. Ray Garendi, the program The Doctor is In, Monday through Friday. All right, let's go to Maria from New Orleans, or New Orleans. I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to pronounce that. I think I do pronounce Nolens, Nolens, Louisiana. Hi, Maria. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're more than welcome. What's up? Looking for a little communication skill, so uh, quitting... Pretty quick backdrop. I'm 10 years into my second marriage, the first one of 28 years, the first person I, who I've ever been with since I was 15. That marriage was annulled. And that was because I married, uh, I was uh, kind of settled and married someone like my father, responsible, re- religious, and an immigrant. But we all know you're not supposed to marry your father. That's just an example of a man you should choose. <laughs> so 28 years after that annulment, we had three children, three sons, one uh, five years ago. He's in heaven, 21, Dominic. But I'm on my second marriage, and um, with this husband, I'm having a little difficulty sometimes. Um, I have a big personality, uh, my Catholic faith, my Sicilian faith, and apparently what happens sometimes is my face makes more expression sometimes before I get into the room. (laughs) And... um, there's no, you could see everything on my face if there's a situation that comes up. And I try very hard And at the EWTN celebration this last week, and it was one of the things I brought up to the priest during my confession, is I have to have this problem with, I think it's patience, but I can't help my facial expressions. They're just there. <laughs> and so I need to figure out a way how to do something about that so that when I come to my husband, as I pray for him even before he comes home, to anticipate anything that could be coming up, for him to be coming home to the godly wife that God wants him to see. And I think, I believe that 
He doesn't see that sometimes, but it's there. If I were to ask your husband, what is one of the main things that Maria does that really tries your patience, that irritates you, that makes you turn her off, what would he say? He would say she doesn't listen. But I have to tell you, I have to discern and say I disagree because I do listen. I'm very transparent. I, I, I always say what I'm thinking and feeling so we know where we're at. If there's a mishap that comes up within 20 seconds, I want to My dear, do you just hear that. what you said? Do you just hear what you said? It's, that I don't have to listen. <laughs> you said, I listen, and within one sentence, you said... I say what I think, and if you know what I, if I know what I think, I'm going to say, there you go. See, you, you just jump on it. My guess would be, Maria, that you don't wait very long to hear something he's saying before you either jump in and defend yourself or correct him or tell him exactly how you think and feel about it. Now, that's not a criticism. That's an observation. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. But I okay. hundred percent defend myself because when I'm coming back, it's with it's saying I'm sorry. The words may have come out wrong. I'm sorry. The facial expressions are there, but there's not a word. Here's I what you do. Here's what, what you do. Truthful. Here's what you do. You make it your goal. When he says you don't listen, he's really saying you're not understanding what he's trying to say. And I would imagine that he gets frustrated because when he says this stuff and you either correct him or you say, that's not what I meant, or no, I'm not saying that, he gets frustrated and he shuts down. Am I right again? Yes. Oh, man, I'm just, I am so stinking right so often sometimes. I just, yeah. So here's what you do. You make it your goal. To totally and completely get inside his head. You tell him, I, I just want to know why you think that. Please tell me. And when he tells you, you don't defend yourself. You don't say, well, no, no. Okay, but but when I do that, here's why. And No, don't do that. Just simply say things like, well, when do I do that? Well, how do I come across when I do that? What would you like from me to be a godly wife? What would, what would you hope? Well, I want you to listen. Okay. What does what does that mean? What does that mean? Listen. Tell me what it means. So in other words, you're going to break you're going to break the cycle of I say you say I say you say I say you say to all right, my whole goal is to understand what's in your head and why you're looking at it this way. Now, that doesn't mean you think the way he's looking at it is right, and it doesn't mean you have to agree with the way he's looking at it. All you're doing is you're telling him I'm trying to understand and then you can you can always ask, what would you like me to do? Now, if you think to yourself, well, I can't. There's no way I can do that. I'm not going to not go to church. Okay? But in, in most cases, it's probably something you could do. He might say, well, I want you just to shut up for about two minutes when I'm telling you something. Two minutes. That's, say, okay. that's one of the things he'd like me to do. I know. That, I'm three for three. Tell yep. you what. I'm hitting for the yep. cycle. 
So just a couple but things. Listen, I, I know I put myself in this situation. I know I put myself in this situation. This is my second marriage, and I chose a gentleman that um, is not baptized. He's a wonderful man. He has a beautiful heart. Um, but he's don't, uh, okay. I'm going to let you go because I got other calls. Don't preach to him about the Catholic faith. Don't do that. He doesn't want to hear that. Don't nag him. I'm going to church. You want to go with me? They got they got spaghetti supper right after. Probably better to say I'm going to church. You want me to come and get you for the spaghetti supper after? That's a better thing to do. He doesn't want to be pushed. You know that. He'll dig his heels in. So, I got a book called Simple Steps to a Stronger Marriage. Ten tiny little things you can do to dramatically improve your marriage. And then I spend 80% of the book talking about why you don't do them. So, you can either get it at WTN, you can get it at Sophia Press, or you can get it on my website. Thank you, Maria. Okay, let's see what we got. We got a bunch of stuff up there. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, boy, that one. Okay, I'm going to ask you folks, please don't leave. Because people leave if it goes 15, 18 minutes and they don't get picked up. They they leave. Um, let's do this one. Because this is one near and dear to my heart. Big time. If I had my way, we'd have about one-fifth Teresa from Philadelphia Pennsylvania clutter hi Teresa hi <laughs> so um, I'm dealing in my own life with lots of clutter and most of it is paperwork and most of it is like religious books and stuff like that like well, I hear this book I was like oh I want to find out more about this or that and I know I need to let go of stuff, and I also, my family members, right now I'm visiting my sister, and her house is our, my parents' family house. It has lots of clutter in it, and unfortunately a lot of it is hers at this point, because my brothers have been coming over and cleaning a lot of stuff out, and we still have more stuff to do, but she eventually is going to have to move. Both of us are in our 70s, and it's like, how can I help her also to declutter and let go of things. So, well, two, there's two levels to your question. The first is the one you can do something about. That's yours. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons why people keep clutter. Uh, first of all, we're an American culture, and we have all kinds of stuff. We just have everything. And if you lived any length of time, you just accumulate. It's that yeah. simple. You accumulate. Oh, I'm going to read that book. Yeah, I'll just put it up here on the shelf. I'm going to get to it. I'd like to read that again. And it sits there for 22 years. So... First thing, look at the stuff that you're never going to go back to. You know, there's the old rule of thumb. If you go one year without touching it, get rid of it. Now, that's extreme, but that's one, one possible guideline. Another one, take care of the paperwork and periodically go through the paperwork and say, you know what, I don't even own that anymore. Why am I keeping this manual? Okay? You have, you have to do that. If you don't do that, the stuff just accumulates. You know, that hot water heater broke down two years ago. I got a new one. Why am I keeping the warranty on that old hot water heater? That's another one. Uh, Things like books. Give them away to people who can use them. There's something called the Theological Book Network. They send these books to seminaries all over the country. I'm sorry, not all over the country. Around the world, because there's a lot of countries who don't have a lot of material for their priests can't afford it and we're sitting there on all kinds of stuff sitting on our shelves that's going to sit there and it'll be there till we die 
And then the people who come in to clean up our stuff will pitch it. That's so true. Think about this. Say you're in your 70s. Say you live 15, 18 more years, 20 more years. Then they come in and they're going to do what they did to your mom, which is we don't want any of this stuff. We don't want any of it at all. We're going to get rid of it. We're going to either throw it out, give it away, or see if anybody wants it. And that's it. And if you tell yourself that, you're going to find out that about 70 to 80% of the stuff that you think is so important that you got to keep it is not. I talked about that, and I forget which book it was. I forget now because I got a whole bunch of those books cluttering up my basement. with Teresa Tomio. The church isn't saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. Throw out all the media. Don't use the media. What the Pope is saying that make sure that what you are doing is enabling yourself and others to encounter Christ more deeply. And you can't do that unless you reach out. You have to reach out to God first. You have to encounter him in the Eucharist in that personal relationship. And then you pray, you reflect, and then you go. In my book, Beyond Sunday, Becoming a 24-7 Catholic, I talk about the three M's of faith, meeting, mercy, and mission. You meet and encounter Christ. You enter into a personal relationship with him. He gives you mercy. And then what do you do? You just sit there and say, oh, thanks, Jesus. See you later. No, you go out on mission exactly as the woman at the well did. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. What do we mean when we say to the Father, Hallowed be thy name? We are recognizing the holiness of God. The Catechism tells us that the holiness of God is the inaccessible center of his eternal mystery. What is revealed of his holiness in history and nature is called by Scripture, glory. When God made man in his image and likeness, he crowned man with glory and honor. But when man sinned, he fell short of the glory of God. From that time on, God manifested his holiness by revealing and giving his name, beginning with Moses, in order to restore man to the image of his creator. Finally, in the person of Jesus, God's holy name is given to us in the flesh as Savior. He reveals this through his word and through his sacrifice. At the end of Jesus' passion, the Father gives to the Son the name that is above all names. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Now, see, I just got a text from Jack Williams, my boss over at EWTN. Now, there's two levels to this text. He says, hot water heater. Why would you heat hot water? Now, on one hand, he's listening Because I know I've talked with him about raising my pay to by the word. So far, he's resisted. But he is, what what is the word? He is parsing. He's parsing my expressions. Hot water heater. Good point. You know why I said hot water heater, Jack? Because my son called me this morning. He's in my duplex. 
and he says, Dad, I got no hot water. My hot water heater coil burned. So it was the only thing I could think of. Oh, Ella, I can't believe you left. I thought about coming to you next. And Andrew Kuchek, my producer man, tells me when you think about it. So all you got to do is just think about going to somebody next. It's kind of like being accused of being judgmental. You don't say a word, but other people know how you think. So therefore, they accuse you of being judgmental. She, Ella, call back. I really want to, I really want to tackle that question because that's a, an interesting twist on sinfulness. Uh, we have anonymous female from Texas. She has a distant relative. Oh, okay, distant geographically or third cousin once removed. Hi, Anonymous. Hi. Um, hi, so yes, my cousin is... Um, well, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, my, I say distant cousin. It's my paternal cousin, uh, once first cousin. Let um, me... I would say distant because after I moved um, some a decade or so ago, um, we became somewhat distant, but only talk, I guess you could say, on occasion. Um, so the story is, um, I, I had to talk to my cousin, but once in a while we do. But she's been living another lifestyle of, um, she had been dating a female pursued her like a male, dressed like a male, talked, I guess you could say, like a male, dressed like a male, and recently they got married, um, so, and then very shortly after, well, it seems maybe right before she became pregnant, I guess, through purchasing a male sperm and so on, so my cousin is pregnant with a baby on the way sometime soon. I know that. And I um, feel like I might see her sometime soon, but since she was like a sister to me in the childhood, I, I kind of want to like, I talk to her, I guess, about the lifestyle she's in. I don't know if many people in our family really got to the level of talking. You know, you know I wrestle. I wrestle a lot with what yeah. you're asking yeah. because there is scripture there is scripture that says if you don't turn someone from their wrong ways then you too can be held accountable yeah. but then exactly that, that has to be compared with a judgment I think mm -hmm. the context mm -hmm. in other words it seems like your cousin at least from what briefly you've described, is very much immersed in this relationship. She's so immersed in this relationship that she wants to artificially conceive a baby so that they can raise it together. Mm -hmm. So if you talk to her about this... Now, here's, here's another question. Mm -hmm. Does she believe and follow... Well, okay, let me scratch the word follow... Does she proclaim to be Catholic? Mm, I don't think so. About over okay. about a year ago, she said she was looking for an accepting church, and I asked her, what do you mean by accepting? I didn't want to assume, and I opened up, you know, we could talk about it, because I didn't want to assume what she meant by that. But 
we never got to that conversation. Well, I, there are there are certain what would mm-hmm. be called mainline denominations who would, in fact, celebrate mm-hmm. her same-sex union. They would. Um, yeah. So that's probably what she was searching for. So it it seems from everything she said and not said, she absolutely would not want to hear anything from you commenting on what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So if you were to say, how do I talk to her? I would ask you, well, how did you talk to her before all this went down? You talked about people, you talked about life, you talked about jobs, you talked about what's going on in your family, you talked about what's going on in her family, you talked about a lot of things. You don't have to necessarily talk about her relationship with this other woman. Now, you can say, I pray for the baby, I pray that the baby's healthy, because obviously... Uh, that baby's a, a sacred life, and we can't yeah. say, well, therefore, that baby is, is, is less valuable because he or she was brought about in what the church would say is a very wrong way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can talk about the baby without essentially saying, boy, I applaud the way you did it. That's really great. I know you can't, you can't have a baby by n- normal ways of reproduction because you're not married to a man, but you know, I'm just, that's just as good. No, you're not saying that. You're just talking about the baby. How's the baby's health? How's, how is it? How's it doing in the womb? Do you get checkups? You're just asking about the baby. You're focusing your talk on the baby. And if you say to yourself, well, I feel like the Lord would hold me accountable if I don't at least try to correct her. Here's the question I would raise. I don't know about you, but I got a boatload of people in my life who either proclaim to be Catholic or who are not Catholic or who are atheists or who are agnostics, and they're living counter, quite counter, to what the Catholic Church would teach in the name of Christ. Now, if I went around to all of them and tried to correct them, uh, I I think I'd I'd lose about three-quarters of the contacts. It's not saying I approve of what they do, and it's not saying that I won't look for an opening. But I don't, I don't feel pressure to try to morally correct everybody who I know flat out does not look at it at all that way. In many respects, I think our Lord talked about fraternally correcting someone of your own belief system. A fellow Christian, a fellow Catholic who is living contrary to what they proclaim. But that doesn't sound like that's the case here at all. I mean, she wants nothing to do with the Catholic Church, does she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I don't know. Um, I don't know if her family around her, would you, would, you would say, would be, you know, practicing, practicing Catholics. But um, I have, I recently had my own baby, and also... Um, I guess that's also what makes me a little bit more, I guess, called to, to want to, I guess, kind of like talk to her. And well, you can do it. There's nothing stopping you, my dear, from doing it. But be prepared that she will either quickly shut you down or, worst case scenario, not want to have any contact with you. That's, that's a sad reality of so, so much of what's going on out there. 877-57-EQUAL. 
Dr. Rick. While Mary's not mentioned as often as Moses, not mentioned as often as Peter or Paul, her role in scripture is even more significant. She's absolutely unique. There are many prophets, there are many apostles, but there's only one God-bearer. There are a lot of people who proclaim the Word of God. There's only one woman who bore the Word of God, quite literally, within her. She's utterly unique in that she literally transmits the Word of God to the world. So when the Word of God wanted to take on human flesh, whose human flesh did he choose? It was Mary's. She donated out of her own life substance the flesh of Jesus. The body prepared for Christ is taken from the Blessed Mother. Nobody else in salvation history occupies such a role. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Rochelle. I'm going to tell you about the most abused woman I ever met in my life. You know her name as Roe, as in Roe versus Wade. I talked to Roe. This woman is a great penitent. This woman is a humble person who was deeply hurt. She was kneeling in the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception, the National Shrine in Washington, when I met her. And I thought, what reverence. I didn't know who this woman was, but she was praying with reverence, with great fervor. And I asked a priest friend of mine, who is that? And he says, oh, that's Roe. God is not mocked. This woman was abused by those who propagate the killing of children. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Midpoint in the program. Doctor is in Monday through Friday, one o'clock Eastern Time. Co-production, EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. That network is still expanding all over the place, which does make me nervous. By the way, Sister Ligori told me when I was seven, preparing for First Holy Communion, that the end of the world won't come until. The gospel's been preached everywhere. Now, that was what sister said. I don't know where she got it, but that's what she said. And I wasn't worried. At age seven, I said to myself, well, that hasn't happened. It's probably all kinds of places in the world where you just can't hear the word of God, can't hear Christian truth proclaimed. Well, that ain't so now. That ain't so at all. Because... It's in the air. Who would have thunk that? Jesus would have said, Hey guys, there's going to come a day when the gospel truth and what I've taught you is going to be in the air. You can't hear it unless you have some kind of device. You can pull it down. 
Can you imagine how foreign that would sound to someone who lives in a culture where the only kind of communication you had was person to person? In the air? Oh, come on! Before I go back to the cause, I just want to pontificate again. Think about this. How foreign, how unbelievable would that have sounded to people in virtually all of human history to say that at some point these words are going to be inaudible in the air? Does that at all parallel the idea that at Mass, you look at that host after the prayers of consecration have been said, and our Lord has told us it is He. Interesting, isn't it? Kind of a parallel. So much we don't understand. Okay. Um... Oh, I just want to say thanks to EWTN and their network, which can be listened through several hundred stations as well as Sirius Satellite and all kinds of apps and different ways to listen. Basically, if you want, pretty much throughout the world, which if I'd have known that when I was seven, I'd have been a little more neurotic, more than I was. Ed from Waterford, Michigan, has a comment. On our last caller. Hello, Ed. Hey, Dr. Ray. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Well, I'd rather have you be a long-time caller and first-time listener, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just calling to say it sounds like your previous caller um, is grieving the loss of her cousin. I think you're right. Remember what she said early on in the call, Ed? She said, we were very close growing up. Yeah. Yeah, she's probably saying we've diverted, we've diverged in our pathways of life. I went this way, she went that way, and I'm feeling like I I can't connect with her anymore. Yeah, I figured you knew that as well as I did, and uh, it sounded like you gave her some good topics to um, continue to be able to connect with her cousin. People say that a lot, Ed. They say, okay, this person is living in a certain way, morally, that I most deeply disagree with. How do I talk to them? I said, well, that moral aspect is one part of their life. There's 99 other aspects that you can talk about where you can keep up a relationship. And I say this to a lot of the parents out there who have adult offspring who are living in certain ways and have rejected the faith, and the parents are saying, I don't know what to talk with them about anymore. Well, you just talk about life. You talk about stuff. You talk about whether you should call a draw play on 3rd and 12 in the playoffs, <laughs> which is ridiculous. You shouldn't. Anybody with a right mind knows you shouldn't do that. So, yeah, you can talk about all kinds of things. I have a lot of people in my life that are living in ways counter, even to their Catholic faith. They'll, they'll proclaim they're Catholic, devoutedly so, but yet 
there'll be this huge area of immorality that, of course, has been addressed. Not going to go anywhere. So, for the most part, it's avoided. But you're right, Ed. I think you had a wonderful insight. Now, I only have one question for you, Ed. Okay. I'm ready. If you can provide that kind of insight, I'm sure there have been times in the past you could have called in to help me out, and you didn't. That's right. Why not? I've been really close to calling many times over the last 15 years, but I don't know. I guess I'm just starting to feel confident enough in myself. Well, good. So don't let it stop you when you got a good idea. Thank you, sir. Okay, bud. Thanks for the call. Have a great. Yeah, have a good weekend. All righty. This is Dr. A. Got to take another one of my many mandated breaks. This is why I'm probably having a hard time. Yeah, I can't say mandated. Yeah, good point. Thank you, Andrew. Person dated breaks. This is why I'm having a hard time getting Ave and EWTN to uh, to pay me more per word because they think, well, that half your half your show is breaks. Be right. No, I'm not going to say be right back. That's really a dumb thing to say. I'll be right back. Like like you think I'm not going to be right back. This is Dr. Ray. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life. Would you like to have a better family life by Christmas? Join us Monday, December 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, for our free webinar, A More Peaceful Family by Christmas, A Catholic Parent's Guide to Advent. In Advent, we're called to make more room in our hearts and homes for Christ. Discover how the grace of Advent can help you celebrate the loving, faithful family life God wants for you. And it's free. Just register at catholichom.com slash webinar. That's catholichom.com slash webinar. See you there. Ciao, Amici. Teresa Tamio here. If you're looking for something inspiring to give to someone this Christmas season, or maybe just a little stocking stuffer for yourself, make sure to check out the Ave Maria Radio online store. Plenty of books are sale to teach, inspire, and renew your connection with God. Speaking of sales, my book, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, is 25% off this month while supplies last. So go ahead over to AveMariaRadio.net and click on the bookstore. Happy shopping! Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844 398 9399. That's 844 398 9399. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. I'm going to hang 10 for my friend Bear Wozniak. I need a surfboard 
with training wheels. Just got a call from Denise. She just wanted to comment. She said she was listening to the man log, and I made uh, allusion to the fact that I only have 200 listeners. And she said, how can that be? She said she's called in a number of times, and many people, even though she has said she wanted to be anonymous on the call, many people have said they recognize her voice. So she's doing the math. How could I only have 200? Well, I should probably stick my tongue in my cheek a lot, lot harder when I say that. (laughs) Which makes me wonder how many folks out there actually take serious what I say when I'm not. We have an anonymous caller from Wisconsin. Her sister is certainly making a shambles of her life. Hi, sister. Hello. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Your sister is on her third marriage. Yes. Aha. How old is your sister? 65. Mm. Mm. Have you had a decent relationship with her the whole time? This has kind of been through the ups and downs. I would say it's, it's, it's decent and cordial. Um, she's very fragile at times. She just got out of her second marriage of 30 some years and she knew, she knew she was in, um, in denial of, of the way that this gentleman was treating her and et cetera. But also deep down, she just, she isn't well. Uh, she has a lot of self-esteem issues and she has this of course this past that i know about and nobody else knows in my family i have six other siblings you say she was abused by your older brother when you were kids yes um how long did that go on i was very young i would say at least a year or two yikes hmm do you think that set in motion a lot of her struggles in life? I think it certainly contributes to it because she's a very um, she's very much in denial about a lot of things in life. Like for instance, she believes the perfect marriage is this. She believes her picket white fence is this. It should look like this. And she just tells you things that you you should hear or she thinks you want to hear. But deep down, she's very sad. And now she just got married for the third time. Gentleman Fine. is very nice. Looking for happiness, huh? Looking for happiness. But this time, the happiness is more financial. So she had her and her second husband of 30-some years did not do well. He hid a lot from her, um, hid a lot of money. Um, did things behind her back. She wasn't aware. She was in denial. Again, she just wasn't in... Does she talk to you about aware. this stuff? Does she talk to you at all about this stuff? You said your relationship was cordial. She, she did a little bit when they when they split. It took her three or four times to leave him. When she finally did, we does all she, rallied does around. Does she come to you? Do, yeah, does she come to you? No. And, okay, so she doesn't. No, right. she's in denial. No. Oh, okay. So as far as she's concerned, she just hasn't yet found the right formula for happiness. That is correct. What if you were so blunt with her and uh, you said, <clears throat> uh, are you, are you, 
interested at all in looking toward Jesus in your life? Is she? She she said she was. That's why she would not live with the gentleman that she just married this year. Um, she said because that's not her Catholic faith. But she does, she is Catholic. I'm Catholic, but she does not attend church. She doesn't belong to a church. I really honestly think she just said that so that he would marry her so she had financial freedom or security, excuse me. Well, obviously, uh, whatever the circumstances are around this third marriage seems to be probably an awful lot to uh, peel back to figure out where it all sits, but she's not going to be concerned with that because her main goal is to find happiness somehow, some way on this earth at age 65, right? Yes. All right. What does she want from you? Anything? No. Oh. No. No, she she doesn't. But I believe that if she dealt with this, she could be happier. But I, I don't know that, and I struggle with and that's why I, I listen to your show a lot, and I thought about calling in for months. If I talked to her about it, she would do one of two things. She would go off the deep end and and tell the rest of the siblings what would happen. And again, my, my brother has passed. I'm I'm pretty sure my parents did not know about this. And of course, they are passed. They've gone. Well, if she's and, chosen and not was, to it, tell anybody, then you got to respect that. I I would hope that she wouldn't. My concern is that she would, and it would really damage the rest of my siblings relation well my guess my guess would be that if she would it's because she's trying to justify the way she's been living her life and attention yeah she would want to say to them you people have all looked at me like i'm the flamingly unraveling sister but let me tell you something and so in that sense then she would she would have a reason in her mind anyway for that 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 that's my guess what her motivation would be but she hasn't told anybody up to now so at this point you just got to let it go but you're kind of helpless because she doesn't want to talk to you she you said there was two things that might happen the one you said she would tell people what was the other one um the other one is um i i believe she would deny it and and i know for a fact it happened because he told me okay so you're not talking about how she's living her life you're talking about this long ago abuse but i think it affects her life because she's searching she can't find happiness i think that deep down she's still damaged from this i think she's holding this and it's it's affecting her relationships you can approach her her with that you can say have you ever explored through some kind of counseling how this is reverberating in your life? And then you'll see from her answer whether she even wants to entertain that thought or she looks at you and says, be quiet because I don't need your intrusive opinion about all this. You'll, you'll find that out. Her about, yeah. You'll find that out, my dear. I can talk some more. Call me back. I got to run because the music is about ready to start. This is Dr. Ray. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate your company. I appreciate you. Walk with God. And if you're not walking with him, for information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. 
The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.